0: Hello, and welcome back to the SC Hardback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski, Returning, a triumphant return here. The hammy was gone. He's back at it. He is the Jacob Arthur to my daily Terry Evans. It's Chris. Chris, how are you, mate?
1: Very good, Matt. It's been a hot minute. Been very busy with life, but let's do it. Manly little spot, let's go.
0: Mate, I had to have you on here. You are obviously the Manly fan of my life and a very interesting super coach season. Let me just throw it to you right now. What is the first thing you think of, Chris, when you think of the 2023 Manly Supercoach season?
1: 2022 Manly Supercoach season. Oh, the the, the fall of Tommy Turbo. What, something that we are all accustomed to as both NRL and Manly fans. Oh, it hurts, but, you know, it's sort of like the fact of life at this point, sort of like tax. But on the other side of the coin, we've got Deli Cherry Evans kicking things off, you know. Managed to get him into my team by stealing him off my brother, but... Uh, you know, there's just a lot to talk about, mate. A lot to talk about.
0: A season of what-ifs, really, when you think about it, because let's start right there. Let's go to the great category. I think DCE is obviously the MVP of the Supercoach season. 22 games played, a 67 average. And really, when you look at those last couple of games uh, against the Bulldogs and the Tigers, they he really stepped up and showed you what he could do. His support play is tremendous. The way he could just orchestrate, get the ball out where it needs to go. For me, Chris, he's easily a top round one pick next year. I think now what Manly has shown us is it doesn't matter if Turbo's on the field. You've got a uh, Talatau Kola who can step into that fullback spot. I think the forwards will be improved next year. You've got Luke Brooks coming in. This is a very interesting season for Talitarians coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely great. And I think, you know, you mentioned the forwards as well, Hamoli oh, absolute killer running that second front row. I mean, there's not a lot of sort of options this year, I've noticed, with the second front row position. So being able to bring him on board would be a really good option.
0: He's the second guy in that great category. Once again, it was a slow start to the season for Mole. You know, he would have been drafted pretty high. He was uh, picked 40 overall, so you had to spend a high pick on him. And when you look at those opening couple of rounds, there was a couple of 70s in there, but just never really popped off. It was towards the end of the season. When you look at it really from around, around 21, he goes on a bit of a run, 72, 81, 79, couple of fifties, then an 88 and a 171 against the Tigers. Absolutely ridiculous. The third guy there in the great category is Ruben Garrick. Just one of those guys, very dependable. 21 games played, a 70 average. There was a huge score in there, 169 against the Dolphins. He's got the ceiling. He's got the base, whether it's fullback, center or wing this year, he can perform now.
1: Yeah, that DPP position obviously always really helps him every year. And I'm just really happy to have him because I always had my doubts, you know, having someone as a wing like him high up on the draft. But I think he's really proven over the years, you know, pick pick with confidence.
0: Yeah, he was 17th overall. Uh, so you would have to go a round two pick on him. I don't think much changes this year. Maybe he slips in round three, but I just think that he's going to keep that jewel for sure. And in that manly side, again, it's all predicated now. In previous seasons, once Turbo was off the field, the SuperCoin's points went down. But this year, it seems that they found a new formula. Let's go to the good category, Chris, because there's quite a few guys in here. I'm going to stick your boy Turbo in here. I know he only played 11 mm. games, but when you look at it, when he was on the field, I traded for him in round uh, 12 after he's once uh, 165 against Canberra. I was able to enjoy one more week, that 126 against the Dolphins. But <laughs> he showed you, you know, he only played 11 games, four tons, including a 97 and an 82. So the ceiling was there. It was a freak injury. Once again, I'm not too concerned about freak injuries. If it was another hammy, I'd be in a bit of, you know, a bit of Barney rubble. But for me, it was a peck. It was a peck defending mm. the centers. So to me, he's still... I've got him number four overall on the draft board next year. If I have the fourth pick, I will for sure be going at a Tommy Turbo. I just think that two things are going to really impact my thing for Manly next year. Jake looks like he has a lot of, ty- a lot of tread left on the tires. He looked good this season. And Luke Brooks coming in a six. It's going to be the first time really since Kieran Four, and there'll be another ball dominant six there to help Daly Cherry Evans and whoever's at fullback getting the support play. So I'm all in on Turbo. What are your thoughts there?
1: 100%. I, I just couldn't see Manny doing much, as much as, you know, the hype was around Josh Schuster. The running game of a 5'8 is one of the key sort of parts, you know key tool to them being a good player you look at any sort of good team you need to be able to have a full arsenal and Josh Schuster really lacked that and that really put the sort of you know burden on Cherry Evans um and having Luke Brooks come in it's the first time we're going to see Brooksie in a sort of well settled spine regardless of the injury to Tommy Toba the first time and if we can see him boom it would probably wipe out his history with Tigers there's no doubt that he is a pretty decent player so this is his chance and I'm really happy to have him on board
0: One of the guys in the good category that I didn't expect to be there, but really was, uh, Tenniel Paseca. Mm. He had a really, really nice season before his injury. He only played the 18 games, but besides that injury-affected score in round 21 where he did his knee, it was a 55 average in the front row forward. He was just basing really well. He was always around that 60 to 50 mark. A couple of high 40s in there as well. So for me, is one of those guys, if you had to draft him this season, Pick 318, so you're looking right at the end of the draft for your second front row forward that we love to do in the draft strategy. Just a great play, and I think I'll be all over him next year.
1: Mm, Absolutely. And with front row forwards, we can also go onto the other side of, you know, Jakey Turbo as well. Having the sort of DPP there really helped settle that front row position, there was not a lot of options again this year. I don't know what it is with the forwards, but... We just need that sort of consistency now in that sort of front row position, regardless of whatever team you have. And I think you're good for goal. Just sort of target the other areas. It's going to be the sort of strategy for next year.
0: Another guy in the good, Jason Saab. Once again, he still has a low score in him, but it's not the dreadful low scores. There was only one single digit score. There was an eight against Pemirant around 16. A couple of uh, team scores and 20s, but much more now he was able to kind of get into that height. Really for me, with your fourth CTW, if the low score is, you know, a mid twenties to a high thirty, that's kind of like you'll you'll take that as your as your fourth CTW. But for me, he's gonna be in this back line where if we're raving about mainly being good next year, you've got to go on Jason Saab. Mm.
1: I don't actually, you know what? I think, yeah, I didn't really have a think about Jason sub in, over the last couple of years. It's just sort of the plug and play sort of plays that, you know, you line up against one of those, you know, lower beat teams, you know, the doggies, he always scores good against them, for example. But I think you're right. We're going to the sort of season. Things are changing every year. You need that sort of 20 to 30. You can't hope for four set of wings who will bust out, you know, fifties every week. So, you know, what? I'm all for that as well.
0: And the last guy in the good, It was a slow start of the year, but the way it ended, you can't be anything but high. It's obviously Talatau-Cola. So for me, the fact that he's probably jumped maybe up to second in the fullback rankings in the club, 125 against the Dogs, 188 against the Tigers. There was 190 against the Sharks in around 21. He's looking for the ball a little bit more. There's a couple of higher scores in there from previous years. And that's speed. You can't teach that speed. I was really surprised at how well he fit into that fullback slot. The ball playing was there. The choosing when to run versus pass. So I'm high on him next year. Obviously, he's on a slot in that center when Turbo is fit. But I even think then I'm very high on him. He was a pick 153 this year. I think you might have to take that one, that first digit. This might be a top 50 pick uh, at a higher range.
1: Yeah. And I mean, considering it is against the Dogs and and the Tigers, I will have to say, like, I'm going to hold my horses just a little bit. But he has shown, you know, like you said, the whole sort of set you need to be a good fullback. So if he can do that against, you know, the top teams, you know, the Bronx, the Warriors, even, for example, we'll see how we go with
0: Leave me off here in the fail category. I've got three guys. I want you to see if you can get all three. Who, who do you think, if we think about the 2023 Supercoach season, who are the names that pop to mind for you from our? whether it's injury, whether it's poor form, poor choices, what's the what's the picks here? Uh,
1: the poor ones? Uh, I wonder who. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's start off with the big one in the room, the elephant in the room, Josh Schuster. All right, we got definitely one there. Mm, uh, Josh Schuster, the eh? I know, right? <laughs> the other two, oh, I'm not too sure, actually, my friend. Uh, If I do have to say, look, Kelma Tuolangi at some point, you know, starting second front row, 80 minutes had a lot of potential. We thought coming from over from the Tigers, he'd be able to run some good holes, but just still didn't hit that, that peak that we wanted. And the last one, or if I was to take a wild pick, I'm not too sure, my friend. You're gonna have to help me with this one.
0: You got two of the three, so Kilmer and Josh were obviously the other ones, but not his fault. But Burbo, once again, this was a season we kind of thought uh. Burbo might take that bit of a jump, but again, he's becoming the A nightmare in uh classic. And in Supercoach draft, you know, you you pug and play him on those good matchups, you know, scores a try with a line break, gets a 55-60, but then the injury bug hits him again. So for me, let's start with Josh Huster there because yeah, he was obviously the 5'8 2RF. We're kind of thinking what was going to happen. Started strong, right? There in those first couple of games, it was a 59, there was 106 and the 50. Um, and then a whole lot of nothing And Obviously, we know how that. Uh, New Zealand game ended. His last game of the season, only scoring four in 26 minutes with no runs. So, he's someone who, when you look at it, I was actually shocked at this. I knew there was some off-season hype, but he was picked 128. That's a mid-round pick, Chris. That's a that's a decent pick to you know you could. There was a lot of good plays around that 120 mark, and yeah, Josh Schuster just ne- never really hit the heights we thought he was going to hit.
1: You're looking at the guy who did pick him at 128, mate. Remember, <laughs> we were having chats about, oh, we should hold on to him before selling him off to someone else. Yeah, but yeah. we, I should have taken it. Should have taken it. But it is what it is. It's part of supercoach. You just never know what's going to happen. But this is a downfall for for the history. I, I'm. I just hope that he's able to come back because being on 800,000, you know, dollars a year, we're going to need to do something with it. There's got to be something more that we can get out of someone with that sort of high contract.
0: Well, look, Brooks is gonna be the six. So I think he's definitely out of the question there. Whether you put him in two RF or put him at lock, gonna be interesting to see. But yeah, he might be one. He might be one of those, you know, last round picks. You know, you think you think back to uh, Sean Johnson, Jermaine Saka this year. You know, obviously not going to be the second overall player in Supercoach, but maybe worth a stash just to see how he's gonna be. Uh, because that draft position there, add an extra hundred point picks onto that. There's no way he's a top two hundred pick heading into next year, I would think. But let's finish it up, Chris. I ask every person who comes on the pod, "2024 hope." I think we're both pretty hopeful. You, from what you've uh, said to me in some of our chats, you know, again, we're not we're not solely focused on Turbo being fit, but let's look at both cases. If he's fit, this is a top four super coach side in 2024. We would think.
1: Um, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, so no. do you say Turbo fit or not fit? Fit. Fit. Oh yeah, easily easily bro like the one of the more sort of settled spines Croker Kro- is holding down the nine perfectly we got freaking gordon chan Kam tong i love mm. that guy i love his energy being he on might the get bench picked next to
0: you, mate. he might get picked in the <laughs> drop i'm telling you he might be a stash
1: i know it's you man i know your name's all <laughs> over it for sure but yeah I, I i'm pretty pretty happy this side lots of good options really happy with some of the areas you can pick um but yeah it really depends on how brooksy settles in and if he I'm not sure if he'll get DPP, but if he does, oh, that is going to be a quite a, a spicy option, honestly.
0: Yeah, and I think if he, if uh, Turbo is not fit, I still think this is a top eight side in terms of a super coach. I think we've saw that you know you can slot Garrick or Kohler in the fullback. I think DC and like you said, Brooks heading into that six. Hamole took a step up this year. Paseca took a step up, step up. So there's just guys that are in really good form. You know, even some of the. The guys that you wouldn't even think, you know, like I said, Saab in particular matchups. A guy like Sipley coming off and being a real strong forward contributor. The hooker rotation. There's just a lot of things I like. And I think Seabold's got got these guys going where there's a bit of confidence. And like you said, it was dogs and tigers in the year. We need to remember that. But it also shows me when they do want to play with a bit of attack, there's not many that can go punch for punch with them.
1: Mm, absolutely.
0: All right, mate, we'll leave it there. That's the uh, Manly Seagulls. Thanks for coming on, mate.
1: Always, no Thanks for having me, mate.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. Hit up the socials at the SE Heartback, wherever you get your socials and your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.